it's hard to describe how lucky and fortunate we are being in Perth uh, and having the exposure to um, you know people with such enormous capability and experience. Uh, and that's probably what it uh, really comes down to is it's a small community with uh, really great individuals powering it. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building great startups in sunny Western Australia. Today, we are talking with CEO and co-founder of Storecat, Kevin Forcier. My name is Beth Cornelia. And my name's Charlie Gunningham. And Kevin saw a problem in warehousing which took him to the MBA, the Curtin Accelerate program, years of startup building. And an opportunity on the other side of the world, plus an accelerating commercialization grant, saw him build one vast warehouse just in time for Brexit. Here's Kevin. Welcome to Startup West, Kevin. Why, thank you. We're really happy to have you here, and we'd love to start off by having you tell us a little bit about where Storecat is at right now. Uh, I guess where Storecat is right now is that it has uh, evolved into uh, a product called One Vast Warehouse, uh, and it is uh, just in a pre-launch uh, beta phase uh, in the UK. So the rubber is hitting the road, Kevin. The rubber is hitting the road Literally. and leaving marks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you're off to the UK on Friday. I am, yes. Because yep. Brexit is supposed to be happening <laughs> a week after that, whether it does or not. At the time of recording, we don't know. Correct. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But but that is a, it's a logistics product. So just tell us a little bit more about what it does and what okay. you've built or what you're, what's about to go live next week. Yep, no worries. Uh, so I guess uh, the best explanation in, in, a, in the shortest form would be... Uh, that um, Storecat or OneVastWarehouse.com is uh, a virtualized warehouse um, marketplace in a B2B uh, setting uh, that produces, uh, you know, lots of analytics and lots of business intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you say you've been working on this for quite a few years. Where did the original idea come from? Um, previously, we were exposed to any uh, uh, ability uh, to access uh, warehousing or any kind of storage capacity uh, on a, um, a large-scale capital works project that I was engaged on. Uh-huh. And uh, I uh, was very frustrated and uh, was uh, diffi- it was difficult to solve the problem. So who were you working for then or what were you doing then? Uh, well, I'll keep the names, uh, keep the names uh, out. Uh, uh, keep the names okay. out. Um, so the innocent. I was working uh, in, a, 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 I guess, a, a marine construction environment and right. we had uh, large-scale assets were mobilising from all over the world, uh, lots and lots of people and lots and lots of support equipment right. and lots of it had to come shoreside and uh, we were not able to uh, acquire the space uh, in a particularly so easy manner. So you had manner. your own warehouses but you needed more warehouse space and you couldn't find a market for warehouse space easily. Uh, the idea? Well, a lot of the stuff where we need that we needed to put somewhere needed uh, specific sorts of locations. Um, some uh-huh. of it was controlled. Uh, and um, I got really frustrated with the inability uh, to get serviced. I looked everywhere uh, for space, looked online, yellow pages, fingers right. doing the walking and all of that. Yellow and pages, so it's quite a while ago. It was uh, it was about six years ago okay. uh, and then five years ago, I guess, and then uh, my fingers ended up walking onto my, uh, onto my phone and I contacted my co-founder who has a very good, strong technical background right. and said we need to solve this problem somehow. So like all good startup ideas, it started with a real customer problem yes which is where we always say people should start <laughs> Absolutely. well let's take you back to the beginning yes okay. so i was going to say speaking of uh being at the start can you take us right back to i mean high school were you always interested in technology and solving problems or was this just something that's kind of come up for you six years ago can you yeah take us back there 
Apart from often being a problem for my teachers, <laughs> uh, I was interested in solving problems. Uh, I remember in 1989, I had an IBM 286AT tower computer, nice. and I was um, mucking around with that, uh, and uh, I was one of the first of my friends to have a PC, and uh, I guess uh, I've always kept an interest in things like that, but I've always been fortunate to surround myself with, uh, with good teachers and good mentors who have been engaged with technology, um, and uh, it does excite me. It always has. So. Yes. So do you have a development background at all or it's just purely, you just love it? Uh, I absolutely do not, but I have lots of problems I want solved. <laughs> Perfect. So then post-school, yep. you, you obviously ended up in that kind of an industry that we were just talking about. Yep. So how did that trajectory look? Um, well, it was kind of a, a, a sort of stumbled into it really. I, 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 when I left... Uh, uh, school, I went straight into a marine uh, environment and it was working uh, offshore and uh, I was exposed to uh, all kinds of uh, big boats and technologies and things like that and that kept me sort of interested. Um, and then I, uh, I, I went travelling for a while overseas uh, and came back to Australia and uh, ended up coming down to Perth uh, to study uh, and ended up um, <laughs> not being the greatest of students, but I did end up with a, with a master's in uh, Oc Health Management. Okay. So so not you the greatest were... of students, but got a master's. I feel like that's an oxymoron, <laughs> but continue. So you weren't from Perth originally? No, that's right. No, Grew right. up in Victoria? Uh, yep, far east in Victoria. Uh, far east in Victoria. Yes. So where? Uh, a very town? small town called Malakuta on the far east coast Malacuda. of East Gippsland. Yes. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you went travelling, you end up doing a master's in Perth yep. and then getting into marine Yeah, so industry. I was sort of consulting, uh, I guess, for want of a better term, and there was a whole bunch of things under the banner that I had. There was some risk and governance and OC health and contract compliance, and it was all really um, across construction and logistics around the construction and, and mobilisation of the fleet. Uh, I worked in some pretty cool locations. I got to go to Sri Lanka. I got to go to uh, PNG, you know, and northwest Western Australia. I was on some really large-scale capital projects uh, uh, in Port Botany in Sydney. Um, some really some of the biggest projects in the world, which was fabulous at the time, but always uh, fraught with the with the same problems over and over again. Which so is this oil and gas related, or what is it? Um, oil, gas, port construction, yeah, right, subsea okay. construction as well. So one of those problems you decided to fix yourself. Yes. So. Take us through that story and how you made the jump from being a consultant, from having, a, I presume, a, a nine-to-five job where you're employed by someone, <laughs> to being a very brave co-founder as you are now. Um, well, I saw the writing on the wall, I guess. Uh, you know, it was, it was that time where uh, I was really, really busy and uh, nine-to-five doesn't really exist in that environment when, right. the, when the machinery operates 24-7, has huge operational costs, you're always on call. Uh, and uh, my call to action was uh, a moment in time uh, when I was told that life is not a rehearsal uh, by someone very dear to me. <laughs> and uh, and um, Lady wife? Uh, my mother, actually, mother. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> taking okay. advice from mum. Uh, yeah. Mum always knows. Yep, she. she by now, you're did. married with a couple of kids. So I am. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. By then, I mean. And now you, I know you've got three because you've got a newborn. Yes. But back then, it was one or two kids. Uh, it was just the one. Just the one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that. that and mum goes, "Life's not a dress rehearsal, son." That's exactly right. Yeah. Go and out and take maybe it. Maybe what your job might not exist or. You might go and build your own company. That was the idea. Yeah, well, I was actually working for myself when I was consulting, and, oh, right. and you know, I've been through that sort of process before. Uh, but I, I realised that the business at the time relied on me being there uh, and being highly accountable full time, uh, much like it is now, ironically. But um, I guess 
you know, there was no pulling away uh, and there was no way that, you know, if, if I was tired of doing what I was doing, I, I could continue uh, to do it uh, at arm's length. You know, there was, it was something that had to go away when I went away. Um, and, and so I decided that, you know, this isn't for me. I'm burning out uh, and it's time to go. So um, I enrolled in an MBA at Curtin uh, and ah. fell into the Curtin Accelerate program. Right, um, which is, I think, where I met you the first time. Yes, yeah. Matt McFarlane Absolutely. was running that. So yep. we're now up to, what, 2015, 2016? Yeah, uh, 2015 um, and beginning of 2016 was Accelerate. That's right. Okay. And that's where this idea really got fully formed? Yeah, I was, I was really lucky. Uh, so so Dan and, and I, um, my co-founder and I, had sort of formed the company and we had come up with an, an MVP that was very hacky and uh, we didn't have a product market fit. We'd made the typical mistake of building something before the customer had been you know, consulted properly and we ended up in this sort of peer-to-peer space that just wasn't very good. So you're trying to be the Airbnb of warehouse space, is that right? Well, at that point in time, it was it was any space um, because okay. the, the original uh, problem had been solved through, through us um, that I'd been exposed to by putting some of that equipment uh, in in garages uh, because we couldn't find any storage literally. space. Yeah, literally. Um, so I um, uh, we'd we'd sort of been in this peer to peer space, and we thought, wow, oh, we're going to be you know uh, killing it in 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 twelve months' time, and you know it's all high fives all around. Um, but it, you know it, it was absolutely wrong, and and a, and a, and a true. Um, a, a true correction, of course, was required, and that's what Accelerate became. Right. Um, so we went through that program with Matt McFarlane uh, as uh, the, men- the sort of lead mentor. Awesome guy. Unbelievably awesome mm-hmm. guy uh, and, and so helpful and giving with his time. And he also introduced us to mentors around the Perth community um, who've got you know such great reach into all other places around the world that, uh, and, and experience uh, that they were so happy to impart. Um, and So the original idea is... Um People could go onto the store cat, so with a K, store cat. That's correct, yeah. right? And uh, every time I've seen you, you're always wearing that cat, yeah. the store cat logo on. You've got to be on brand. <laughs> Messaging is on point. We, we, we paid a lot for that trademark. And people could list their space, and then people could find their space. That's right. Literally, yes. a room in their house, yep. or their lockup, or yep. an actual warehouse. Yep. Existing ones as well as new yep. ones. Yep. And and the business model was people would pay for that space, and you'd take a clip on the ticket. Is That's that, right. The idea, yeah. but it just didn't get traction. Correct. So you thought, right? Well, could I have to go in a new direction? And was it then that you were? It sounds like a hail mary pass, but you were contacted by this um, logistics accelerator being set up in the UK. Was that you'd sort of run out of road and were looking yeah. for a new direction? Is that right? So we're now yep. sort of 2017. Yep. Yep. So what happened? Uh, I guess we went through the accelerate program and uh, we sort of gone through this B2C sort of environment where we'd been testing and we'd received a lot of sort of fear and uncertainty uh, from the industry within the self-storage, you know, within yeah. that self-storage industry. And uh, we realised that aggregators weren't welcome um, uh, in, in that industry in Australia uh, and, and that's essentially what we were. And even though we were trying to do the best, uh, you know, they had, they had a point and we weren't going to get any headway. And we'd been in the US a couple of times to, to investigate the US market and just saw how big and how advanced it was and it was just much too hard for almost us to penetrate. And we'd almost missed yeah. the boat. There was an incumbent over there that had raised a huge amount of money and yeah. they were well on their way to dominating the space. It was, and it really so is a basic warehouse space. companies didn't want to play? No, no. They, well, they saw you as a threat, if anything, might. 
not necessarily warehousing. They're more self-storage. Self-storage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, whilst we were on our last trip to the US, we'd, we'd been uh, contacted by um, L Marks at, at, in the UK uh, on this Wincanton Squared or W Squared Labs program, which was the first time they'd run it with Wincanton, who was the, the largest 3PL in the United Kingdom. Um, and it's 3PL? Third-party logistics provider. Third-party logistics provider, That's okay. Right. Dumb it down for those of us who are new to the industry. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's right. I'm the one with the band-aids on my knuckles in startup land. I'm constantly <laughs> dragging them. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so we got contacted by Elmarks and they like the look of our and, and feel of our product, I think, uh, and they, uh, they asked us to apply um, and we sort of uh, had a bit of a conversation. So, sorry to interrupt. Elmarks are an accelerator program in London Yep. and they were putting together a logistics accelerator. Yep. Backed by Wincanton, correct. One of the and largest. And they contacted you. And they contacted you. They sought out yep. who might want to apply for yep. this logistics. And presumably, Wincanton went into that thinking, "We're a big public company, been going ninety years. Yep. We have some tech challenges. What about setting up an accelerator? Then maybe some clever startups from around the world will come and solve some of our problems, right? Yep. yep. So that we was were, the idea. Yeah, they had five categories, and, and we sort of fitted one of them. Um, and um, what and, do you think? I mean. I'm going to go all the way to London to pitch to get on this accelerator. It's I mean, you've funny. now got, what, two kids? It's really funny. Uh, I had this conversation with my wife just yesterday uh, about it was a do or die moment. Right. Um, do you have the courage to go? I didn't even have the courage to tell Matt McFarlane at the time because uh, <laughs> I always seek his permission because he's so smart and resourceful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought we're, we're sort of running out of cash. Well, we will be soon. I think we've hit a dead end. Uh, and I spoke to Dan and, you know, we sort of rock, paper, scissored, you know, the idea uh, and uh, and off I went uh, down the back of the plane, uh, stopping in Dubai uh, for three hours and continuing to London to present uh, at the, at the um, uh, I guess, the not even a demo day, it was a competition, a pitch comp. Yeah. Um, I think 24 companies got to pitch. Yep. And six got on. Yep. And you, I think you told me you didn't get much sleep. Yeah. No, I was jet lagged. I was there the day before. through the night. Yep. And you went straight there with no sleep. <laughs> and I choked on stage. What? <laughs> okay, you have to tell us that story. Um, so I was up there and I was mid-presentation and I'd been really well schooled in, in, in doing the, you know, uh, the, the, the deck. Uh, of course. Yep, you, I, I was, knew what, you knew what was I'd going on. I'd been to Accelerate, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I knew what was sort of going on and I was comfortable in front of the crowd, I guess. Um, and uh, I just had an absolute pause and I actually had to apologize I said I'm sorry I, I'm actually completely jet lagged I pretty much got in last night and I yeah. haven't slept right. yet yeah that possibly helped your case because I was like if he's this good on jet lag <laughs> yeah. you know that's we should we'll imagine him at full capacity I hope so, so, I that, hope so. yeah there yeah. you go you're the only Australian pitching ah uh, yes so yeah, the Aussie accent, yeah. that was an excuse. <laughs> you picked yourself up. The kid from the colony. <laughs> and they obviously loved it. Yeah, yeah. Because you got on, right? Yeah, you were one on. of the six. I think yeah. I read 96 applied, 24 got to pitch, and you were one of six that got on. That's right, yeah. So and then the next 10 weeks you spent in yep. London. Back and forth from here to London. Right. I have you know, children, so... Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, I, my, that was going to be my question. How did you handle that at that point? Look, I couldn't do this without the support of my wife and family. Um, they've been really, really supportive uh, the whole way through. Uh, living in, you know, it, it, it's been four years of uncertainty um, yeah. and that's got to be challenging for everybody around us, you know, to see us go through the, the highs and the lows of startup world. It's, uh, it's uh, very challenging. And how are you putting food on the table? I mean, your pre-revenue, I think Stalkout would have had some revenue, but not enough. Not enough. So were you taking side gigs? What were you doing? Uh, I sold my house in Sydney. Okay. Nice. 
at the top of the market. Well done. Thank you. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Since crashed, right? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. It's somebody else's house. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else's problem. Yeah. But okay, gotcha. So you had to make some hard decisions by the sound of it. Very much so. And that's what, that's what sort of invested the product into the product as well. And, and, and uh, we did a, a lightweight raise as well, um, uh, an angel round, uh, for, want a better ter- for want of a better term, here in Perth. Yeah. And we had that early support uh, in the previous vertical. Uh, and that was that en- enabled us to continue through uh, 2017 and attend the Accelerate program, and uh, and we got through that, which was pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, what was that like doing an Accelerator program on the other side of the world? Um, pretty good. The, the LMARCs runs a pretty good uh, program. They, they understand that the founders and the team, you know, need time to, you know. Uh, uh, so work through the co-working space you were centered at, or what no, was it like? no, not really. My uh, my my role was flying in, um, staying uh, at a at a friend's house, um, uh-huh. pretty much on his couch uh, <laughs> in Finsbury Park, uh, Zone Two, uh, and uh, in London, and then uh, getting a rental car from uh, a rental car company and driving from warehouse to warehouse to find out what's going on and, uh-huh. and what problems do the GMs and the forklift operators have. So around the Wincanton, yeah, network. the network, yep, yep. One, right. I, I think I, I went to, uh, I think it was like 16 warehouses uh, down to Bristol and all the way uh, into you know, Yeovil and then up into Birmingham. and oh, oh. Yeovil, somewhere is that? It's like, it's <laughs> yeah, like does. <laughs> Apples. <laughs> Birmingham, you know, great. That's right. Okay. I did. I, uh, I drank in the Shakespeare Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Tavern, sorry, Tavern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very good. Bit of culture, excellent. Yeah, I culture. Yeah, 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 I like culture. <laughs> So you finished that. The colony. You yep. finished that. You're yes. back in Perth. Yep. And I think you were the only uh, company to graduate that then got an investment and quite a sizable investment from Canton. Can you tell us? Yep. That's what right. That was like. Um, in fact, today is the anniversary of the decision uh, of that mm-hmm. investment. Um, so. We graduated the program and we were informed that we would be told, you know, you're going to, you're probably successful, we're not sure yet. And then there was a fair bit of deliberation and, and amongst um, Elmarks and in Canton. And then uh, the decision was finally made that, hey, you've got, You've got the investment. Well done. Congratulations. You're the only one to get the investment. Fantastic. Um, so Elmarks and Wynn Canton uh, and uh, the founder of Elmarks uh, have invested. Stephen Marks himself. Uh, Stuart Marks. Stuart Marks, that's yep. right. Yeah. Um, yep, and um, uh, that was uh, really exciting, uh, but um, also uh, quite terrifying, uh, given the new commitment uh, that we were about to face. Because it's you know we after the discovery phase that we went through you know, throughout the ex- the, the program with it, with Win Canton and driving around and discovering all those problems, it, it turned out that all. Uh, it turned out that the solutions uh, that we were working on were going to be really big and complex. Um, yeah. And it, it, to make things uh, look and feel and function so simply is actually really, really hard. <laughs> so what was the technology like at Wincanton, at all these warehouses as you drove around? Well, look, the, the technology is uh, is really quite advanced. I mean, this is a, a you know a fast-moving consumer goods-based you know transport logistics industry. There's lots of RFID and, and lots of uh, databases, and um, but it seems to be you know fragmented in some ways across all types of assets. Uh, a lot of a lot of aspects of the businesses uh, that we were exposed to, and I'm not just saying it's a wind canton, but even from the research that we've looked into, is that there's a lot of silos yeah. uh, in in how uh, the industry interconnects. Uh, and um, fortunately, that was where we got that information, uh, or how we got that information. You know, it can be as simple as getting it from the forklift operator who's wearing an arm 
band RFID device who's scanning barcodes and getting SKUs for products uh, to you know offer pallet um, to you know the uh, telematics of a, of, a, of a truck or a lorry operator um, to a warehouse management system that's operating either under well, desk no or cloud. They booking system across the network. They didn't know how much well, the warehouse space was empty from day to day. Well, uh, it was that fluid stuff it, coming in and out. That's right. So, that. yeah, it's it's quite difficult to crystallise the, ex, you know, the exact amount of uh, underutilised capacity in the network. Um, you know, given uh, the 3PL uh, industry uh, will often not own all of the assets that they operate. Uh, they won't have full access to, you know, uh, some of the space uh, and things like that. So it's a really challenging, hugely dynamic industry. Um, and, you know, the fortunate thing was is that, you know, we can go and have a look at it um, and a warehouse management system might capture, you know, what's coming in and what's going out but not necessarily identify what's left. Yes. So that was where you came in. Yep. Or what might be free a week on Friday. Correct. It's just telling you what has been in there. Yep. All right. For billing purposes or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, for you know receipt handling and dispatch purposes and and and, and capacity uh, purposes. But you know, what's not necessarily underutilized, and you know, we found a, a, a significant proportion within the network being underutilized, and also the visibility of that uh, and the ability of that to get to market uh, was. It was virtually non-existent. Now, at this time, another extraordinary event happened, which is the UK voted to leave the European Union. And that's probably when Wincanton realised that actually they have warehouses across Ireland, which is going to be still in the EU, and the UK, which is planning to leave. And I think hundreds of hundreds of these assets you're talking about, these massive tin sheds, effectively, full of stuff, right? They need a system to know what's in what when, uh, if they're going to know what's going to happen post-Brexit, which is a massive uncertainty. So was that the impetus that led them to saying we need to find a solution or were they going to do it anyway, do you think? Uh, I think that it, there's always been a solid business case for you know commercialising that underutilised capacity. Um, I mean, we're talking economies of scale. Uh, with, you know, 100,000 million square feet warehouses yeah. um, dotted all over the United Kingdom, um, you know, that have good locations uh, for distribution to, you know, whether it's a, a freeway or an airport, uh, cold, uh, frozen storage uh, locations for food, you know, to to the supermarket um, in your local neighbourhood, you know, and being able to release that underutilised capacity as a as a very high value. So bring it up to today. So this is being recorded, sort of mid March 2019. Brexit's supposed to be happening at the end of the month. Is the system live? Are they using it? How's it going down with? With the uh, logistics, yep. So the system there. system is live; it's in beta. Um, it, there has been a, a lot of additional development in the last couple of months. Uh, yeah. A flurry of development. Didn't <laughs> um, any sleep? Uh, no. <laughs> um, it, but it, uh, it's been rewarding uh, to see what's been coming. Um, how big's your team now? Uh, so the team for Storecat and Delta Kilo yeah. uh, is uh, eight of us uh, in total. Um, that's the, the two co-founders and then uh, part-time COO and uh, and then, well, actually it's nine, and then uh, six devs. And the system that you're building over there is called One Vast Warehouse. That's right. Right. That's the one that's going live. Yep. That is basically Storecat's rebadge system. Yep, or correct. Technology, I'm, I'm yep. pinning it off. Yep, yep, that's right. So what advice would you have for other startup founders that want to do something as audacious as what you're currently doing? What What's your what's something that's seen you through? Um... I guess it's two things. Uh, take 
take advice uh, in the early stages. Um, definitely do that uh, and resilience. Um, just keep at it. Uh, and be uh, free answers, really, and be prepared to, to change when you have to. You're incredibly lucky or fortunate or just brilliant because you have not only Matt McFarlane, yes. you have Tim Brewer yes. involved yes. and Andrew Larson. Yes. That is the Perth trifecta of investment <laughs> right there. So that is incredible. Yeah, I feel very lucky. All three of them. Utterly lucky. Great guys. Uh, yeah, advisors awesome. slash investors yes. in the business. Yep. So how on earth did you manage that? <laughs> Tell us that? how you did it. Tell everyone how you did <laughs> it. cut off their right arm for one of them. I did. If you're a startup. I don't have a right arm You've anymore. You've got all three. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a right or left arm? Or both, both arms and a leg. You're missing a leg. I'm missing a leg and two arms. Uh, look, I, you know... It's hard to describe how lucky and fortunate we are being in Perth uh, and having the exposure to um, you know people with such enormous capability and experience, uh, and that's probably what it uh, really comes down to is it's a small community with uh, really great individuals powering it. Uh, the Curtin Accelerate program was one catalyst for exposure, yeah. um, and then I guess um, you know I I spoke to Matt. McFarlane after uh, the Accelerate program and um, we did the raise after having Tim on board who was you know principal in, in getting that that successful uh, and then we kept going and kept going and kept going and until we ended up in the, in the this sort of Wincanton Squared Accelerate program or incubation yeah. program and we came out with something you know with a product that is a really superior uh, strong technology uh, and um, you know, I'd always managed to, to uh, maintain my engagement with, uh, the, you know, the experienced trifecta as you refer mm. to them. But you know, I've been able to talk to Andrew or uh, and, and anybody else. Um, you know, when I've been able to reach out and when they've had time. But Andrew didn't invest initially. No, he came with Stalker. But he, when he came back with what became one vast warehouse yep. with Wincanton, that's when he popped some money in. That's and I, just before we finish, I want to tell you, and this is a bit self-indulgent, but. The reason I know the story so well, I know you so well, I think you're terrific. Thank you. Is that I helped oh, you with Charlie. an accelerating commercialization grant. You so, did. can you just spend a couple of minutes on that? People have said that's quite a process, but you did win a grant. Mm-hmm. And tell us what the process was like and then what that, that has meant to your business, winning that grant. Uh, game changing. Um, I'll start at the that's end. That's nice there. to hear. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, well done, Charlie. It has enabled us to really focus on uh, an aspect of the technology that's not been done before. Um, and that is our point of difference in the marketplace. There's going to be a few also RANs in the marketplace with our type of technology, but none of them are going to have what we have, uh, which is this uh, access to business intelligence and data uh, through the attributes from the scale of quantities that, that we capture mm-hmm. through the accounts that are built on the platform. Um, and that's... Uh, has a lot to do with the money that we raised. The process itself was actually pretty straightforward because it was explained so well. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it was apparently a new system for um, the application and, and things was. like that. It was, yes. We, we moved completely online with the system. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, when I first uh, had, had, a, had, a, had my first swing at it, um, I, you know, it wasn't the best application that could be submitted. Uh, but the good thing was is that, again, being in the, in the community of, of Perth and Western Australia and having exposure that we had already and having, a, I guess, a real business case for the development of this new technology, mm. um, we're able to you know, work through uh, the application and have the application meet and describe what we were working and building on yeah. and, and so, yes, it was a long process, 
uh, it certainly wasn't difficult. Uh, you just got to be transparent. Yeah. And it was a 290 odd thousand dollar grant, which yeah. I think just about doubled the money you'd got from Wincanton, Elmarks, and Larson Ventures combined. So that gave you the funding yep. to do this project. Absolutely. Hire the staff you've got. You've gone from two to eight staff. Yep. Uh, and then get this thing built for Wincanton. Yep. So good all round. All round. Absolutely. And I think it's probably good to just specify there for people that aren't aware of what the Accelerating Commercialisation Grant is. It is essentially matched funding yep. from the federal government of Australia. Which and disclosure, is, that's who I work for. That is Charlie's <laughs> employer. That's uh, my day job. So he gives away free money. Go talk to him if you need yeah. to. Equity free money. <laughs> cool. Rapid <laughs> fire quick question. Oh, gosh. Yes. Okay. So first thing that comes to your head, uh, don't think about it too hard. What do you think the single most important factor is that makes a successful startup? Support. Support. Yeah, and you've got it in spades. Do you believe in insourcing or outsourcing? Insourcing. You build all your tech in-house? Mostly. Should a startup self-fund or raise money? Self-fund. But sometimes you have to raise money, which is, <laughs> which is what you did, right? I like, yeah. I like how decisive his answers are. This is great. Uh, well, we self-funded personally. You and did, then, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, you did for the first few years. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. You did. PC or Mac? Mac. I approve. Red or white? Red. Is there a choice? Oh, he just doesn't like the choice. <laughs> do you listen to podcasts? If so, do you have a favourite one apart from this one? Of uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't really have a favourite one. I, I just, right now, listening to podcasts, uh, I, I've started listening to one uh, on uh, on a certain startup uh, that went down uh, in a very bad way. Theranos? Yep. I listened, I listened to the uh, whole thing in a day. It was fantastic. I read the book. It was oh, insane. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Absolutely. How not to do a startup, that How one is. How not to do a startup. Yeah. Totally, like, basically the opposite to this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, look, thank you so much for that, Kevin. We will let you go now. Uh, we Thanks. want to wish you and the Storecat team all the very best for the future. Thank you. Good luck navigating Brexit. We, yeah. By the time this airs, we'll be very interested to see how that's all gone down. I think you might have even delayed Brexit on purpose. Well done. Congratulations. We're bringing certainty to uncertain times. Charlie. And thanks to everyone for listening. <laughs> Don't forget to give Startup West a really good review in whatever pod store you go to, as that always helps other people find us. And do subscribe so you'll get this next podcast on your feed. You can now find us on Spotify, as well as your favourite podcast platforms. Uh, so thank you also to our sponsors so Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and it's also brought to you by the fine people at Rays, Space Cubed, Curtin University and BDO thanks Kevin thank you both see you all next time bye bye